Welcome to Season 3 of the Sales for Founders podcast. I'm Brendan McAdams, co-hosting along with Louie Nichols. Each week, we sit down to discuss stories, share advice, and get insight from fellow founders to help you go from hating sales to making sales. If you like what you hear, please leave a rating and a review in the podcast app of your choice. Okay, let's get started. Brendan, great to have you back with me today. Good to be back, Louie. Thanks. Awesome. Well, today we are talking, I think, all about the sales process and just what sales is in general. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. It's a good topic and uh, one I'm certainly um, passionate about. Yeah. So let's, I mean, let's not beat around the bush. Let's just dive straight in. Sales, right? Sales, the sales process, that's what you do. You, when you're a founder, you yep. go out, you find someone that you think should buy your product. You get on a call with them and you try and convince them to close the deal and to give you some money and that's it, right? <laughs> you know what? Uh, I would argue it starts a lot sooner than that. You have to, there's a fair amount of preparation in the front end, right? And things like, and I'm sure you, you, you know, you know this and I'm curious to know what you think, uh, your perspective from a SaaS, you know, looking at it through uh, the lens of a SaaS product. Uh, but for me, it's you, you starts by knowing who the right sort of customer is, who's your ideal uh, customer pro. That makes your life and the sales process a lot more uh, streamlined and a lot more, uh, well, pleasant. Totally. Yeah. And no, I was being a bit silly and a bit provocative. <laughs> so I guess it's kind of funny even to talk about a sales process. So maybe we should even start by just talking a bit about why you would need or want a sales process in the first place, I guess, especially through the frame of like someone who's very early stage. Like if you're just starting out doing sales, why do you have a sales process? Well, I mean, uh, because um, you want to kind of get to a point where you're having a sort of a systematic approach to, to, Sales, and I would argue, <clears throat> I talk about this a lot, um, and I and you can certainly appreciate this. Many, many, you know, a large percentage of startups fail, and they fail typically because they don't, they can't execute on sales. They run out of money, or they, they can't deliver on behalf of their company, their on their customers. So it's a, you know, which and these are both really sales problems. And so, so at the you really want you know it's it's no different from being a developer and having a process in terms of building a product. You, you're still building a product. The product happens to be a solution for your customer, and so you, you kind of have to have a lot of those that kind of infrastructure in place, if you will. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Totally. So thinking about like, can we break down what a sales process would be into some like very high level basic stages? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, I, I mentioned that you start out by knowing, first of all, you know, what is your value proposition, right? At the, this is before you have the conversation with the customer, although maybe you've had conversations with customers, ideally before that prospective customer to figure out what your value proposition ought to be. You define your value proposition and then um, um, define your value proposition. And then you need to start to identify who your ideal customers are. So you're going after the right sorts of people right at the get-go. Uh, and then, then you have to do outreach. How do you go and do outreach? How do you find those customers, those, your ideal customers? And then how do you engage with them? And, and then once you engage with them, you're going to set up a kind of a more formal conversation. That's the 
first sales call and subsequent sales calls. And that's kind of what I would call the discovery process. You're trying to learn about your customers. You're trying to learn about what their requirements are, their language, et cetera, et cetera. And then, um, and then you're into the solution process. You know, you, there's, there's a fit, there's, uh, there's potential. Now you're trying to figure out the solution. The solution gets agreed upon. The next step would be, would be how do you negotiate terms, the agreement, what's included, um, and that gets consummated. And now you have a partnership, you have a deal, you've, you've closed, but then, then you have to deliver. You have to make, you have to actually come, tr come through on the promises you've made and uh, you know, the, the, the solution that you've, you're offering. And so I would argue that the sale process is still ongoing, even at that point, because, you know, for most SaaS companies, most startups, you need those customers to be successful in order to win your, your next tranche of customers. How's that sound? Yeah, no, I like that breakdown. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So I think that's a really important point is that you have to frame this as the whole reason, especially if you're selling software or recurring products, the whole reason to do to do sales and to have a sales process is because you only want to be selling to the right people. You only want to be selling to people who are going to be customers long-term and you want to be selling in a way that's going to make them likely to be successful and to stick around long-term to pay you because otherwise it's not worth it. So I like that breakdown of almost kind of that, that first stage is finding the right people. That second stage might be, I guess, what we'd call kind of like the qualifying, right? Where it's like, well, we want to make sure we're not wasting your time and also not our time. So let's see if we can kind of push it a little bit and see, can we make sure that you or almost prove that you're not a good fit, right? Can we find the reason why you're not going to be successful with our product, why you're not going to be happy, why you're not going to buy and save us both a lot of time. And assuming that we can't do that, assuming that everything seems good and that you look like you're going to be a good customer. Then we move into that, I guess that, that process of, um, putting together a success plan and helping them to become an effective and happy customer, right? Which blends into the customer success side of things at the end, but it's really, I guess that switch from, okay, we've now worked out exactly why you're going to be a good customer and what that means for you. Um, let's now put together a plan and nudge you along this, this, this plan to actually getting that, those results. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, it's oftentimes referred to as a customer journey, right? And yeah. this is true, you know, when, when you, when you're bringing someone on, you're boarding them as it were, that's a journey. And the, the, it just so happens that that journey just starts earlier. It starts at, you know, uh, early on. And, and what you want to do is figure out, is this a journey that you want to go on? And it's uh, with this, with this prospective customer, and the customer is also figuring out, is this a journey I want to go on with, uh, with, with you as a, as a vendor partner? Totally, totally. And I think one of the interesting things for me about a sales process and about how people view sales processes, especially in the very, very early days, I think that becomes a point where you focus almost on having what a lot of people call a, a predictable or a repeatable sales process. I think that that does become useful, especially when you have a team of salespeople. But what I see very often in the very early days as a, as a founder who's just starting out doing sales, really, you're almost not measuring the sales process by how many sales you close. Uh, and it's definitely not about having a, a kind of a predictable, repeatable process at that stage. But it, for me, it's about the speed of and the scale of learning. So at each of those steps, how quickly 
can you learn why the process currently yeah. isn't working? And yeah. at each of those different stages, how quickly can you add in like a little loop that goes back to the stage before so the next time you do that bit a bit better and move forward it's, as quickly as possible? That's an excellent way to look at it too because, because it also takes the pain of the rejection, as it were, out of the equation because you're not really being rejected. You're, you're being educated about what the proper fit is, you know, who, your, who your ideal customer is. And if you're getting, as it were, I'm putting my fingers up and doing, you know, uh, quotes, but rejected, that is actually just more information to help you further tighten up your, your product, your story, your targeting, those things. These are, and so it's, it is, it's, it really is an educational process all the way along. And, and it will continue to be because the customers you have early on, your early adopters are going to behave differently your 50th or 100th sale. It's a very different customer at that point because now you're established. You're no longer getting early adopters. You're getting a different mindset and you have to learn about those those buyers and their criteria are going to be different from the ones you find very early on in the uh, sales efforts. Yes, totally, totally. I think it's um, such a good point about the sales process evolving anyway, very rapidly, because I think, People are very worried, founders especially of, 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 of SaaS companies, they are so worried when they start off doing sales and they think, oh, this effort that I'm putting in right now, these people that I'm talking to, yeah, this isn't repeatable. This isn't sustainable. I can't do this, you know, this amount of work for every single customer for the rest of, you know, for the next five <laughs> years, I'll, I'll be, I'll get nowhere. But I think it's much more helpful once you've built in kind of those learning loops and you think about it in, the, in those terms, it's much more helpful to think of how your sales process is going to evolve almost as like a, a series of trampolines. And you start off on, on the very beginning trampoline and it's a small trampoline and you can't bounce particularly high on it. You don't have any momentum yet, but that might be, you know, you can clamber up yourself onto that small trampoline. You yeah. can bounce higher and higher and eventually yeah. you can jump onto the next trampoline, which is higher, but also <laughs> you can bounce higher on that, right? And you have those kind of, you're bouncing up and bouncing higher and higher as, as you go along and as you gain more momentum. I think that's that's why when I talk to people starting or founders starting their sales process, I say, well, firstly, you know, don't worry about the results you're going to get over, right. you know, with this, right. that's fine. You're just trying to get to the next level of, of the game, basically to yeah. that next trampoline. And yeah. I say, you know, that's why maybe you will, you want to start off with, okay, what, what, what's that first stage that's going to give you the, the, like the, the level up that you need to be able to get to the next stage. Right. Yeah. And I think very often that for me is starting off with, okay, well, if you're starting off completely from scratch, then you probably want to go out to your existing audience, your friends, your family, your colleagues, yeah. your coworkers, yeah. and probably they're going to buy because they like you. Um, yeah. They're not going to buy because they need the product. Really. You probably don't even want a lot of their feedback necessarily. Right. Um, yeah. Probably going to not be very useful at all, but what you do really want is for their testimonials, their logos, um, yeah. just to have some warm bodies kind of on the page and give you a little bit of proof and a bit of time to, to test things out and to, yeah. to get, you know, to talk about the product and to see how people are talking about it. Yeah. And from there, maybe, well, okay, you've got the ball, a bit of momentum rolling now, which is so difficult in sales and you can move on and go to maybe, to their friends and their colleagues and their family. Yeah. And from there, the next step and the next step, right? And you end up in this place where you do have this, you have the momentum and you have those loops going rather yeah. than what I think people think of when it's, 
when they think of a, which is why I don't like the word repeatable sales process. Yeah. Because that for me implies like you put the same amount of work in each time and you get yeah. the exact same results back. Yeah. And I don't think you want that as a founder until like until way later, right? That's kind of the theoretical limit is, is, is when you reach that, right? You don't want to reach that repeatable process for quite a long time, I don't think. Right. Yeah, that's interesting way to uh, to look at it. And I, yeah, I, I think you, um, you, uh, repeatable components of the sales process will kind of find their way into the yeah. process almost on their own. I mean, you're going to, there, you're going to have, uh, you know, pitch, you know, uh, sales decks that, that you're going you know, to refine and they're going to get to the point where they need fewer and fewer changes. You're going to find, you know, and, and, and you'll find that over time, the same, the same questions and objections come up and, and you're going to get better and better about the sorts of answers you come back to those questions and those objectives. And they, and they become, so certain aspects of it just on their own become repeatable. And but you don't want to become complacent because, as I said earlier, uh, your customers are going to change. You know, when you're talking to, as you mentioned, family and friends, and if you're in a position where you can sell to them and they'll buy, and because they have a pro you have a product that actually is something that they can use. In a lot of B two B cases, that's not the case, right? We, but if you if you have family that you can or friends you can sell to, that they're, they're gonna they're gonna have very different, as you said, very different requirements than the the people that are looking at you to solve a problem because they've never met you, but they like your, your, your value proposition. Yeah, no, totally. So when you look at a, a kind of a sales process, when you're planning it out, what are some of the, the things you're thinking about? Like at an early stage, I would tend to be thinking, uh, I wouldn't be too worried about, uh, so very, very early, we're talking, you know, maybe the first five or 10 customers. Yeah. I think there's a tendency to to focus too much on like the input and the output, right? So how many leads are going in at the beginning and yeah. what money am I getting out at the end? Right. And I almost think that's irrelevant. And I almost think what you want to do is you want to be focusing on in your sales process as people go through. Yeah. It's fine to have drop off. You're going to, because you're trying to learn from it. You're aiming to learn from it, right? That's absolutely fine. Yeah. But what you don't want to do is to ever have someone not buy and or like leave and for you not to have a good idea of, of why they did that. I think that would be yeah. my kind of, Oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's an excellent way of looking at it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that, I think in the beginning, if you had to have a metric for early sales, it's how many meaningful conversations you're having yeah. and, and what are you getting out of those conversations? And if you can, if you, if that can be a no, if, 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 if the customer comes away with a no, and says that ah, this is not a fit for me and you understand why there may be an opportunity to go back to them later because you've either fixed the problem that that they the, you now can address their need or or what have you and so they may not be they may yet be an opportunity in fact in some cases they're a very good opportunity because you listen to them and then now they think oh this guy or this gal they listened they came back they built what i needed and you know now i'm not suggesting you should go off and build something that someone tells you just because they because you know they may not buy, buy at the end so you that's a whole other problem but but yeah I, I would say that you want to learn as much as you can and a no is is in a lot of cases as good as a yes the one thing you'll you'll say that'll be challenging and just that kind of comes with experience is figuring out what information that people tell you is really good and, and what isn't? Sometimes people will tell you things that are great about your product and they're not, and they're really not helpful. 
and other people will tell you bad things about your product that are also not helpful. And it, uh, you know, that's, a, that is a challenge as to how do you figure out which is, which is actionable and which is meaningful information, and which isn't, but, but the more of those conversations you have, I think the better you get at that. Yeah, that, that, that is a great point about it's, uh, we're maybe veering slightly away from the, uh, the sales process topic, but that, 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 that challenge of, is that thing that someone just told me, is that something that I should track and care about and uh, focus yeah. on? Or is that just something they said to, to be nice or to get off the call yeah. and uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's to, right. To, to keep my enthusiasm up as a, cause they know I'm a new founder and they want to be, be helpful. Yeah. And yeah, that's so, uh, so difficult. So then, so that's, that's, that's identified. So, so a little bit, I, you know, and we were kind of diving into the discovery process, but when you're trying to figure out early, very early on and trying to figure out who your ideal customer is, it is, that's a, that's also discovery. That's, that's early stage trying to understand, you know, you know, as you talk to prospective customers, you want to figure out who's, who's the right fit. And then, and then once you, once you, are able to define, oh, this is my exact sort of customer, this industry, this, this buyer, this is the problem they're having. Um, this is their company size. If you can say, uh, you know, I'm looking for, um, you know, I'm looking for, um, oh, I don't know, dry cleaners that are, have revenue of between, you know, 1 million and 3 million a year, and they're a sole proprietorship and, and, uh, and they have three or more locations. And if you can, if you know that that's your ideal customer, now finding them is relatively straightforward. So, you know, there are databases for that. Yeah. And I think that's all part of having a slightly more methodical sales process where you are constantly refining that kind of yeah. ideal customer persona as well, right? Where you're really, really rigorous about taking what you've learned from individuals and tweaking yeah. based on their feedback, what, what you've done. And the, the other thing I will say also about the sales process is I think over time, when, when you start off, right, that you don't really know very much about why your customers are buying, uh, what their priorities are, what yeah. language they use to even describe their challenges right. and their pain yeah. and how they buy and how they think internally, maybe at the company, if it's a larger company, you, their objections, you, you, don't, you don't really have a good idea of a lot of that stuff. But as you go through the sales process a couple of times with these different people, you start to notice, well, in what order do they care about these things? And, you know, in, in what order do they, uh, yeah. do they think about this stuff? It's like, well, okay, well, first off, I'm kind of worried about the, the like if it's going to work for me and then it's the price and then it's, oh, but actually what about the security, like the data security implications or something? Yeah. Um, there's normally like a, you'll notice a pattern in how people tend to, to think about these kind of things. Yeah. And knowing that pattern and knowing the language that they use is super important because once you kind of see the pattern and understand the pattern, well, then that's the opportunity to turn a lot of what you had there that you would have had to do previously as a sales call. You can turn that into marketing copy in a web on your website, in an email, um, in a deck, maybe even just in like an email that you'll send in advance of the call where you're talking about the next steps with some commonly, you know, commonly uh, frequently asked questions, something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's super powerful. I think to, to think of that sales process as actually uh, a process in which you're getting paid by your customers to learn how to market to them in a way. Yeah. It's how I think about this. It's, it's paid marketing training basically. 
Yeah. And, and the, one of the byproducts of those conversations in that learning is the next time you had that conversation with the next prospect, you're more and you become more and more um, uh, compelling as it were, you're, you're, you're much more aligned with who the customer is and it's, and so everything kind of resonates more for them. And, and so it does get easier. You become, you, you, you kind of transition from being a salesperson to being a trusted advisor. And if you're at the point where you get to a conversation and say, Hey, listen, this isn't a fit. We, we can't do this for you. You need this, you need this other vendor. And then if you can get to that point, all of a sudden your credibility just goes through the roof. Yeah. And it's so, it's so much better to know that 30 seconds in rather than two weeks or seven calls or whatever into the process or after you've actually onboarded them and then they, they, they don't want to stick around for month two because it wasn't a good fit after all. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So valuable to know this stuff early if you can save you so much time. Yeah. And, and I, I think there's a certain discipline. It's, it's almost like you want to figure out a way to say to them, listen, there's some work here on your part. There's some stuff that you'll have to do. And, um, you know, you, you want to finesse it, but you'd say sort of, are you up for this? You know, like, cause this is like, we'll do all this. We'll do 80% of this for you. Our product is this, 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 and this, and this, but you have to do this and this, you might have to load data. You might have to do something differently. And at some point you want, you want to say, Hey, you know, is this, is this something you're going to do? Because if you're not, I'm wasting, you know, we're just, we're wasting your time, your time. And, and that, if you can get to that point where you cannot confidently say those sorts of things, it's, that's, that's an important part of the sales process. Yes. And I think having that sales process be transparent to the customer Yeah, and having it, which is we're moving slightly into that kind of success plan and mutual action plan territory there. But yeah. I think having that in your own mind mapped out so that you can share it with the customer is just so important because it does lead to especially in the early days when people, they just want to be nice. They just want to help you. They want to motivate you with your yeah. product, right? Because yeah. they, they know, yeah, yeah. you want to, you, they, they want to support you. And a lot of people, they're going to be happy to give you 30, 40, $50 upfront and say, yeah. sure, I'll pay that. Why not? Yeah. But what they're less likely to do is if you sit down with them and you say, look, here is our sales map over the next couple of weeks, what we're going to do together to get you actually to the point where you're going to be successful with the product. Yeah. Um, can we have this call then? Can we pull in the person from this team yeah. on that day? Um, yeah. Are you going to have the time to do this 90 minute setup by yourself yeah. so that we can actually finish the onboarding then? And if you, if you lay that out for them and ask them to kind of agree on, the, on that plan together uh, as your sales process, that's at the point where they'll start to actually surface the real kind of excuses and objections they have. Like, oh, yeah. I'm not sure actually that I can get uh, this person to sign off on it or watch they'll have to get this uh, uh this person who who's you know actually the person who gets to to decide whether we add things to the website or whatever that's the person who needs to jump in yeah and it's it's you need to know that in advance and so that you can either help them overcome it as an obstacle or to uh just to know that you're wasting both of your times and you know and not count on them being a, a good customer six weeks in yeah i think that's exactly right if you uh it's it's not it's not always pleasant information to know but it it's invaluable because it's going to prevent you from from wasting a lot of time and energy uh, getting ghosted or or uh or or getting further down the the sales process 
and never being able to close, uh, you know, on a, you know, on a, on an objective and get to the point where you're in the implementation and solving the problem. And yeah, so th- those are important. Those are important uh, discoveries to make. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that is a pretty solid, pretty quick power overview of. <laughs> yeah. And, and one thing, yeah. and one thing I'll say is it, it the, this, this stuff on the front end seems hard in this, you know, cause it's, there's a lot of unknowns and, you know, there's a possibility of rejection, but if there's some good news in all this, and that is, um, I sometimes refer to it as a, the sales arc because in the front end, it's a bit of a climb, but if you get to a point in the discovery where you, you know enough about this and you get to the point where you're solving the problem and together, then the rest of it gets really, it gets easier. There's a point after where you know enough about what the customer's problem is and your value proposition and how it matches up. And now you're on the same side of the table and solving. And I think at that point that the sales process actually gets, shouldn't get easier. Um, It's, it's, uh, and it's really much more about solving a problem than it is selling someone something. So yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good summary of the sales process. Yes. I, I love that, that <laughs> kind of arc metaphor as well. I, I think of it as a, um, I like that. I, I often kind of explain it to people as imagine you're standing on a, a very gentle slope and yeah. there is a really big, really heavy kind of 10, you know, 10, 10, 10 foot diameter, metal ball in front of you <laughs> right. and you have to kind of get get it moving getting that initial yeah. momentum is super difficult yeah that's why you have to like that's why it's so hard as a founder coming in with with nothing but once yeah. you actually do get the ball rolling then it's gonna take off on its own and that, that's a good metaphor in another sense because it really is it's that momentum that and this is why a sales process is important is because if it's something that you can do with some uh with some consistency then it becomes easier to, to, to get momentum. And with sales, it's momentum. It's like, it, because that way, when you, when someone falls out of your pipeline, you have others already going on, you've got to, so that's why this having a process, having something that's not entirely repeatable, but, but it's consistent and it's systematic, it's systematic at some level is, is kind of the momentum that, you know, that you need to keep going when you have a, you know, someone drop out or someone decide up, oh, this isn't for me or yeah. So that's, these, these are invaluable things. Like, yeah, definitely. Well, Brendan, thanks so much. I'll see you next week. Yeah, it was good. Thanks, Louis. That's all for this episode of the sales for founders podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a second to leave a rating or review in the podcast app of your choice. Thanks and see you next week.